You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard that, Dave? Yeah. About five minutes ago. About five minutes ago? Do you like it any more now than you did no. then? Brandon Atkins is our resident rap music expert. And I know, despite what you might tell people at parties, you are a big trap music fan. Is that, a, is that an accurate? It had its time, I guess. <laughs> it had it, so you're it's done over. with trap. It's you're, done? you're over it. Yeah, I think it's done. So, oh, that sounded like great. anything else that's on the radio now. Right. Yeah, so. for better or for worse. So do you know who that was, Trent? Huh? <laughs> Who was that? Who was the was artist? That, uh, Name that artist. Tech Nine? I don't know. God rest his soul. <laughs> was it Connor? Is that even an artist? I don't know. I can't understand him. I love you guys playing along. That's Le'Veon Bell. And what? Le'Veon Bell apparently, not apparently, he did. He dropped an album. Uh, this is not Lev Bell's first foray into the music world. He is an aspiring rapper, among other things. And I guess. When you've left $14 million on the table, you got to figure out a way to supplement your income. Got a nice deal with the Jets, but he's missing $14 million bucks. And I love, I actually read a transcript of some of the lyrics where he's talking about how he got over and made all this money. And I still say the math program at Michigan State failed him because he what he's talking about. You think um, he's going to make it up with that song? Uh, I, you know what? I will lose a little bit of faith in humanity if he does. <laughs> yeah. And I am only willing to listen to the trailer that's on Twitter because I will not go to iTunes because I do not want one-fifth of one penny in royalties going to him on my behalf. Hmm. That's just how I feel about it. I think he lost just because he went to the Jets. Hey, I look, it's hard to say. New York, there has got to be some benefit in terms of what he can do um, Endorsement-wise, in fact, I thought of Lev Bell the other day. I was watching a uh, an NBA game. Um, I think it was the <coughs> Hornets, but I'm not sure. But anyway, it was an Atlanta station is what I was watching. And there was a, 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 a car lot commercial with Dominique Wilkins and <laughs> Trey Young. Oh. And it was so oh, wow. horribly local TV done. I just thought Lev Bell is in New York. No matter what he does there, it's going to be top shelf in terms sure. of the money and production value and whatever the case might be. I don't know. Of course, what, he's got to play New York taxes now, too. What do you say, Trey, about this Fiat? <laughs> you know what that? do you say about the Fiat? What do you say about the Fiat? Isn't that how he does it? You know, Sounds I, like I don't it. know. Whatever. Um, but anyway, the whole point of this is that Keenan Allen, uh, yesterday when Lev Bell dropped this, he, he put, are y'all ready? and put a trash can icon and a fire icon, I would 
I, I, I did a real quick snapshot and went through his feed, and the trash cans are on top of the Flames about 30 to 1 right now. And most notably, Keenan Allen gave him a trash can and a little blurb. Lev Bell tried to come back at him and said, man, you could have texted me if you were going to troll me like that. And Keenan yeah. Allen was like, dude, I don't troll. I just speak facts. So oh. big ups to Keenan Allen. He is our social media warrior for the day. Golf club. Yeah. Thank you, Keenan. So NCAA basketball. Whose bracket is is intact at all? No. Oh, no. you're you're destroyed. Who I'm you have left? I have uh, Virginia, Texas Tech, and Michigan State left. That's good. That no, is seriously. absolutely <laughs> crazy. That cannot be true. The only one I have out is Kentucky. That cannot be true. You he did told not me take that Texas walking Tech. in. Did you really take Texas Tech? Yes, sir. Yes. I, I don't believe you. I mean defense. How many? How many? Uh, Brackets. He's going to prove it to you. Yeah, that's the other piece of that. It's how many brackets? How many brackets? You really have three teams because I don't remember who you picked last week. Yeah, I have no idea. I have three teams. Wow, that's impressive. Cap, you- what about you? Nothing. Nothing. I got Virginia too, but I didn't even have them winning. But they're the so only of the teams that didn't make the Final Four. I think I did a bracket where I did include Michigan State. See, you guys with these multiple brackets. I guess that's the American way to do it. I, I just can't. To, you know. Why is he whining about that? You whine about that yeah. all last week. Bro, you got a Mets jersey on. Yeah. And you say you have like three of the final four teams. <laughs> well, he's got the matching hat. Yeah. I mean, he's good. It's going to take forever for him to. Yeah, oh, I, I don't even know. Here's one of my 50 no, brackets. He really does. No, he. I he, do not have 50 brackets. I do many, love that the name of your bracket is Bust a Move. Yeah. That's What's pretty lame. That was for $1 million on Yahoo. So where are you at This the is the million-dollar bracket. I'm in, in the top 1,000. Oh, what? I won't win a million. But. I know, still, though, the top 1,000 yeah. out of out – I'm sure there millions. Were millions of entries. That's pretty impressive. So you got Virginia and Michigan State. In the final. And Michigan State winning it all. Yes, sir. 68 to 64. And I got like, it. Let me give credit where credit is due. I was filling out a bracket, and then me and Chris did the show – two weeks ago and because of some of so to me this is kind of a combined effort because of chris's knowledge on some of these other teams he helped me out through this bracket so thank you i appreciate that i'm glad that you didn't listen to my advice on buffalo not all that i know somebody that did and it didn't work out very well Well, no there's some other stuff yeah there's some i thought i I thought buffalo was really gonna shock the world now without digging too deep and peeling this back too far I've got some questions specific to the Final Four before we move along, but I want to know, you you stand by Michigan State winning this whole thing? No. (laughs) No, I don't stand by it. I picked them, but watching the games, I have a different view on who's going to win it all and who I'm rooting for. Who you got? I feel that Texas Tech is going to win it all. Is the fact that you feel like Texas Tech is going to win it all does it have anything to do with the fact that Chris Beard is a Bobby Knight? Everything to do with alum. it. It's my heart. Thought it might. It's not my brain. It's my heart that's rooting for I, I can dig it. I can dig it. Cap, who you got? I'd like to say Virginia, but there's going to be such a conflicting style with Auburn and Virginia. It's that's going to be a very entertaining, interesting game to see who wins. Well, it's that. going to be interesting. I don't know if it's going to be entertaining or not because if they play it at Virginia's pace, it's not going to it's be. It's never entertaining. That's right. But, but it is an interesting matchup, sort of the puncher counter puncher. Right. Um, I, I I said I joked 
I, I think weeks ago that CBS's worst nightmare was Texas Tech and, and Virginia in the final. And it might happen. And it may happen. Right. Brandon, who you got? First of all, Trent, if you win based on Chris Chris's contributions, are you going to peel them off some cheddar or what? Well, no, I'll buy him a beer somewhere. That's it? I'll hey, probably disappear. Beer. There are some legal concepts that lot. I've learned in the last year. I think we, we I think we'll have to negotiate that cuz I think I've got a little bit of leverage. Well, after taxes, a, I'm only going to get $500,000. So, uh, how much do you want? True. I can help shelter that a little bit okay. too. Between me and Dave and and Brick, we we can hide some of that money for you. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, we're good. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling for Virginia. I'm pulling for Virginia. Okay. So, but you know, it's going to depend on how Auburn shoots the ball. All right, I'm going to I'm going to say this and I'm not talking out of both sides of my face. <laughs> I am pulling for Michigan State because I'm a Big Ten guy first and foremost. Right. I love Tom Izzo. I love that program. People that don't understand the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry can't possibly understand how Ohio State fans hate Michigan, but they're like, yeah, Michigan State, they're cool. Um, it's like the the little brother that's cool. I hate your big brother, but, yeah, you're cool. You could hang out. Michigan State winning, it would be cool. This would be three for Michigan State if they get it. It would right. be a pair for Izzo, and this is, this is Izzo's – Eighth or ninth Final Four? I can look it up, but uh, you, you're calling them a little brother in basketball. If they win one more, they're the big brother. I, I, I you're, you're coming from basketball, like, yeah, yeah. You're coming from like football. I, I, I got you. I, I got no, you. you're talking but about even Michigan football, versus Michigan, Michigan State, State if, as if, a whole. Yeah. You're talking Michigan as Michigan State as a whole. It doesn't matter basketball or football. Michigan is the big brother. Yeah. In the and that's, state of I think Michigan that's why Michigan Big State Ten. has got a little adorability to them. You know, you're all right, you know, because they don't get any of the run nationally or whatever. And it's sort of like you guys, I see both you guys, not surprisingly, jumped in and you're like, yeah, UVA, because you're ACC well, guys. No, my hope in UVA is they, they win it and it just catap- – that's, that's it. That's the pinnacle for Virginia and Tony Bennett. And then they start to decline. <laughs> That's my hope. And they stopped beating Carolina. I feel like you and Tony Bennett use the same barber. He's a good-looking fellow. He's a good-looking guy. He's a good-looking guy. Tom Wait is a, this will be his eighth Final Four, yeah. and he's only won Once, one. 2000, 2000, right? Yeah. yeah. And lost in the lot. finals he in 09. Yeah. He's like Dean Smith. But Izzo is a yeah. guy who, when you look at it from a, a, a uh, basketball pedigree, sort of royalty perspective – Pre-Izzo, Michigan State was not right. basketball royalty by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. They had the Magic Johnson run, Magic Johnson, and, that yeah. and that was it. Izzo's been there so long and been so successful that now when – oh, well, Michigan State, of course. Of course they're in the Elite Eight. Of course right. they're in the Sweet 16. Um, he deserves another national championship. And we may get into another conversation later that Brandon and I had that may blow your minds. But um, – I would love to see Michigan State win it. The team that is playing the best basketball right now, though, in the Final Four? It's Texas Tech. Texas oh, Tech. There's no doubt about it. Texas Tech with that length. They've got multiple weapons. And they know. probably have, to me, have the best single individual player left in the tournament, and that's Jarrett Culver. That's my spin on it. Brandon, what you I might say Auburn instead. The, because they, they beat – hold on. No, no, no. I, I don't disagree yeah, with I know. You. I don't disagree, but go ahead and finish your point. Kansas, Carolina, Kentucky. I, I got you. It's been I mean, an amazing run for Auburn. I think now, though, and that Tennessee the dust and Kentucky again. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, Auburn. Dang. Auburn has been as hot as anybody. The the loss of Okiki is going to catch up with them. 
You're probably um, right. Yeah. Hopefully. With, the, I, you I, know, I with a quick turnaround, I, I think yeah, that they were too. still sort of running on adrenaline. And Kentucky showed that it was a group of kids out there. Um, there was a very impressive win versus Kentucky. I don't want to take anything away from Auburn. But I think the loss of Okiki with a ton, with time to plan around that, I think that's going to hurt. Because Okiki in the Carolina game, he's the best player on the floor. Yeah. yeah, and that's not will. taking anything away from Kobe White or Luke May or anybody, but Okiki was a man among boys. And when he went down with five, six minutes left, and they were up sixteen, I'm looking, trying to do the math, and I'm like, I don't know if they can hold on. And can we give the Carolina players props right now, please? Yeah, absolutely, oh, yeah, class yeah. move. Yeah, it was class, and super and, class, particularly and, and after credits. Bruce Pearl planted the flu bug in, into the, the yeah. team's <laughs> hotel rooms. I mean, come on, man. But <laughs> class move by Roy Williams, no, class move by was. the players. The first couple came out unsolicited. Then Roy Williams sent the players over there to to pat uh, Okiki on the head as he went out and kind of gave a thumbs a up. It was it was a really really class move. And I don't know if you guys saw prior to the Auburn Kentucky game. Did you see the banner that the Kentucky fans put up? I saw yeah, you, you posted. You posted it. Yeah, right. that's classy too. Huh? Oh, real classy. And, and just the absolute opposite, and I'm not trying to pin the actions of Kentucky fans onto the <coughs> program, onto Calipari or the players, but, you know, karma's a nasty beast. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that the – you know, Bruce Pearl is a fiery guy. I'm sure they rallied around the fact that Okiki was out. I think they're running up into a more seasoned team that is ready for this, and I I know I'm going to sound like a front runner because I don't think I've said this on the air. Um, Trent, you can probably attest – because we've had this conversation. Chris Beard, I think, is the best coach in college basketball right now. Um, he's been putting this program together out at Texas Tech for the last few years. He is a Bobby Knight prodigy. And there's a lot of whispers right now about where his future might be. I'm not certain he wants to leave Texas Tech. This will be the second year in a row he's had a lottery pick. They're a solid Final Four team. Kansas is kind of on a, a bit of a decline I think the time is right for him to stay at Texas Tech. It's going to be interesting to see the move. But Chris Beard, when you look at the preparation, when you look at those guys playing both ways as hard as they do, he's as good as anybody out there. The the other guy that I'd put up there with him is Matt Painter. Um, I don't know. We were talking, Brandon, about Coach K. Share your thoughts about where K is at at this point in terms of coaching prowess in-game. You can do it on the other side of the break. I'll give you all nice, that time to think about it. Nice teaser. You're watching from the cheap seats in Sanford, North Carolina. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. If you're listening on radio or the podcast, you can see it live on TV. Or you can see it on delay on TV, however you want to watch it. Visit SanfordTV.live. SanfordTV.live. We're on video for all the world to see. I wonder if it's going to cost us listeners because they, you know, people form this opinion in their head based on how you sound. 
And when they see us in real life, it might be like, oh, God. Oh, dear. I'm Brandon Knack. I I do have to say this, though. That hat has got to be picking up likes somewhere (laughs) on social media right now. Because that hat is dope. So good. That one, not so much. But, Brandon, we were talking at length this weekend about college coaches and the one-and-dones and so on and so forth. Opine for a couple minutes about Coach K and where he's at. Okay. Coach K's right now, as it stands, the best that's ever done it. Like, I mean, if you try to argue that you're 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 out in left field. I mean, I could I could say John Wooden. Yeah, but I think allegedly John cheated a lot back then, and it was like you know that was a totally different game. Let's you just see, leave it you there. see how he's learned. You see how he does that now. He throws that allegedly in there without even thinking about it. It's, it's just a stuff. totally different game. But what I will say it's is the UNC that way. If if you're like. If you're a coach in Coach K, I, I believe in giving credit where credit's due and then also criticizing when it's not due. So if you're going to give John Shire in the 2010 group credit for him developing those players and Singler, Kyle Singler, and with Justice Winslow and stuff like that, you have to be a little bit critical of Coach K this year having the two best players in all of college basketball and potentially another fifth or sixth pick in the NBA draft, I just don't think he did enough with this team this year. I mean, and I think it's fair to, to make that statement. I just, I just don't – he rolled the ball out all year long. And for, you know, teams like I think it was Louisville, all he did was like play Zion. And then when Louisville got the lead, he just full court pressed him. I'm going to make an observation, and, and I want you guys to – you can just nod in the center or whatever. But true or false, the very best game in terms of execution that we saw Duke play was the opener against Kentucky. Yeah. Without so a doubt. I yeah. don't understand how it is. You know, and you talked about it, especially with Winslow. Oh, look what he's done with Winslow. Bring him, let's get along as the year has wound on. I saw Trey Jones play his best game of the year – in the first week and a half, and of the maybe season. maybe reddish as well. Reddish as well. Yeah. The reddish never got any better, and you can see why NBA scouts are like, "All right, okay, okay." He's got the length. When he gets hot, he can stroke it, but he doesn't play defense much at all. Right. And when he's not hot, he does nothing for that squad on offense. Can't play facing the basket, coming off the dribble. I I don't know that K did anything with this group. And now here we stand. It's 2019. Somebody's going to win the national championship this year and not have a squad full of freshmen. So this is going to be the fourth year in a row that a team without any significant freshman contributors is going to win the national championship. How soon before we just pronounce this whole one-and-done thing as failed? Yeah. Um, me personally, I think – there's still enough potential for you to win it. Like, you know, Calipari's only championship came with Anthony Davis and three other lottery picks. But this is yeah, but he hasn't been able to do years. anything since. In 10 years, That's this all guy's won in the done. Elite Eight seven times. And it's Duke and Kentucky that are basically the biggest one-and-done schools. Absolutely. And how many championships do they have with that? Two. Yeah. But here's here's my one take on Duke. I think 
that Duke would have been better off and probably still playing if they didn't have Zion. Zion is such a different athlete than Coach K has ever had. He couldn't get them. He couldn't figure out how to use him correctly now, and keep the team together. They played very well. They I, played very well when Zion was out. I are you saying from the injury? What, 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 no. Or what, are you what did saying you just, just say? For the whole year. They dropped two games they had no business dropping when Zion was right. out. So you just made that up. No, I didn't make it up. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I just felt like <clears throat> when they're in competitive games, like the Carolina game, David, Zion kind of took over, which I don't understand why like, they gave the, the ball to R.J. Barrett in the tournament at the very end. Yeah. I just feel like they leaned on him too much this year. And if, if you got a guy like Cam Reddish who's shown he wasn't very com, um, consistent, but he's shown that he can hit the three ball in spurts, how do you not develop that player? And I don't think it's unfair. I heard David Glenn today is like, oh, you don't think Coach K can coach anymore? No, that's not what I'm saying. But you can't give him credit for, like, Shire and Winslow and then him to completely not develop a possibly a six or seven top draft pick in Cam Reddish. And they lose. Right. It's, so, well, I just want to say one thing. It's not a brotherhood. It's a brotherhood, not a brotherhood. Is, a, is a player for four years that sits there with other guys that have been there for four years. Well, it's going, to be, it's going to be interesting to see how Kentucky and Duke in particular react over the next couple of years. It almost is a foregone conclusion that the NBA is going to open its doors right. one way or the other to these kids coming straight out of high school. The question is going to be whether that impacts half a dozen kids each year or whether it impacts 50 that's the that's going to be where it's at. Right. But one way or the other, the very top players in the country, the Zion Williamsons, the Nas Littles, the yeah. R.J. Barretts, those guys are going to bypass college They're basketball good, yeah. and go straight on. I think personally that interviewing these kids, meeting with the families, and getting a good understanding of what their intention is, if things break perfectly, is going to become as much maybe the most important part of the of the recruiting process. And, you know, getting a commitment. There are rumors, and, I, and and by the time you hear this, the decision may have been made, but there are whispers out there that perhaps Kobe White leaving to the NBA draft is not a foregone conclusion. There are whispers, that, and we can't confirm these, we tried, that Kobe White made a promise to his father, who has passed away, sadly, Please that he stay. would stay in school for two years before he went to the NBA. Please I don't know. Stay. Please stay. <laughs> Brandon sending the go now. subliminal message. I, I still the, the problem though is I think that the Tar Heels are going to need more than just that. Oh yeah, I'm with you. you know, but anyway, well, you know, you they, they might get it. Now Roy might develop a team. He has a good he he has a good track record of taking well, let's, not let's so stop great this teams nonsense, and making because produce. you guys sat here last year <laughs> and said fifth in the ACC. And they win the regular season. They get to the Sweet 16. They're a bucket or two from, you know, going for – well, not a bucket or two. Kind of <laughs> out. A little more than a bucket or two. But, but what I'm saying points. is, is – I, I get you, but they ran into a buzzsaw. But here's my thing is that coming into this season, if we told you guys you're going to win the regular season in the ACC, be in the Sweet 16, you would absolutely take it. But going into next year, 
talk about the differences in the pessimism this past offseason versus the pessimism this offseason. What, what well, makes it, it so it much different? It goes back to you, you're relying on 18-year-old kids <coughs> to come in and, and fill major roles. It happened this year. Is it going to happen next year? I don't know. I mean, I don't foresee it, but you never know. And then, well, uh, just look at also the the tournament. Most NCAA tournament is mostly a guard driven right tournament. Like, oh, absolutely, yeah, guards yeah, win always tournament. What's games. his name? Harden from Auburn. Auburn. What's his name? Harper. Harper. Harper yeah, Harper. Yeah. That dude. I five mean, eleven. He, yeah, five eleven, yeah, sure. and he's on fire. <laughs> Carson so Edwards. Five, eight. Yeah. Carson Edwards, you know, they're out of the tournament. But next year, we Carolina might have seventh Woods. Does That's, that excite you yeah. at all? One hey, minute. I like the kid. Yeah, but uh, no, it doesn't excite me at all. So I guess you look <laughs> at it is that we have maybe Brooks, and then if we can keep Kobe White, we're like in the discussion of the and, top and 16. And then you're hoping some 18-year-old fills a role. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's just comes out of nowhere. Maybe Manly does a little something like that, but you lose well, all they that. Do, they do have a, a big-time center coming in, Baycott. And that's so what I've noticed, too. I think the return of the center is coming. I caught it last year with, uh, with Aiton, but both Duke and Carolina's top prospects are both centers. Yeah. Like the big man's coming. It's been a few uh, years. Yeah, Bricky, but we're, and I, Bricky and I've talked about that. The big man. Bricky's MIA again tonight. Bricky, big man's coming. Hey, he clinched a playoff spot. God bless Bricky. Yeah, I hope, really, I I hope he is not here for another month, baby. Bring home that championship, Brick. That's awesome. Yeah, you should read the text that he sent to everyone and he clinched a playoff I spot. It. When yeah. did he say so I'm not going to be here. Just same thing why he wasn't going to be here. Playoff I didn't see it. I really, he said, I hey, man, we just clinched a playoff spot. I got another month or so before I'm back. That's a beautiful thing. Man. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Firebirds, but baby. We have, we have talked about this at length, and he is of the belief that everything is cyclical yeah. in basketball yeah. and that post-play will come back. And I think the idea of these guys being stretch fives, I think it's going to go by the wayside. I think you get somebody that you can get from the elbow in, I think it's going to be something. All right, we'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side. You're hanging out with From the Cheap Seats in Central North Carolina. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. 
Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue and you can use like anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Chris Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Got money, got fame, fast cars and everything. Yeah. You know, the most impressive thing is weekly that Trent's able to do that. Sound exactly the same every time. For over a year now, buddy. It's amazing. I'm good. I'm I, a you know, professional. So I, here's here's trivia for you guys. <laughs> we don't do trivia anymore in a restaurant or anything, which is actually liberating because I was held hostage on Thursday nights. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but Thursday nights now I can you know sit around and watch sports and do whatever. But George Michael, everybody's familiar with George Michael. Yeah, he was my uh, father figure. Didn't he like run the sports machine? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, good one. Thanks, that was damn. beautiful. Thanks. George Michael's sports Stepped machine. Stepped on my joke that toes. Was really cool. Um, so what was the name of George Michael's band? Do you remember? Gotta have faith. I don't know. It was Wham. Oh yeah, yeah. Wham! Bam! I am the man. You don't remember that? Wake me up. No. Before no, you, you go, go, go. That was Wham. Yeah, you know what? It was. My yeah. fault. It was. The song that I that I had in my head was Careless Whisper because Careless Whisper originally was released as a Wham song, and then they pivoted real quick and called it a George Michael song. Huh. But the reason I I Wham popped into my head is that in the final days of Wham, they were on tour around the world, and the final straw, the one that broke the camel's back, was at a show in China in front of tens and twenty thousand, hundreds of thousands of people. Last Christmas. They turned off Andrew Ridgely's mic, Uh-oh. who was the other half of Wham. Exactly. And that's all I could think through that entire break was, I'm going to unplug that dude's mic. Who, mine? Yeah, you. Because you're whispering into the mic and drive me crazy. Oh, because indoor something about baseball. Puerto Rican battle yes. caps. I, I don't know. So in ridiculous. Puerto Rico, growing up, not me, but other people that I knew that were Puerto Rican, they used to use bottle caps as baseballs. And the really good Puerto Rican players, they could crush those bottle caps. That's True story. Fake news. No, it's not. Bottle caps. I'll call my buddy right now, and he tells you we used to use bottle caps and fling them in a broomstick, and they'd have to try to hit it. Now, see, when I was a kid, we used to play one-on-one baseball in my buddy's backyard with a broomstick and a tennis ball. Yeah. And I thought that was like ghetto baseball. Try to use a bottle cap. But a bottle cap. And that's he, he way said impressive. you could throw it and it would be zoom like a curveball. Well, how is like it crazy. that we don't have a whole bunch of Major League Baseball players from Puerto Rico? Because they can't hit something bigger than a bottle cap. Freedom. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> oh, my God. I won't let you down. So please don't give me up. 
I don't think that's Wham. No, that's George Michael. Michael. What, what are you talking that about? That song he was singing. That was the lyrics. It was done very badly. Thank you. You're much more a dancer than a singer, I suppose. <laughs> I'm a good mime. Yeah, I wish you. I wish you would mime sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, what were we talking about? I have no idea. We're talking about how uh, Kentucky signed a really ridiculous deal. I, I, I disagree for with Calipari. You, man. Like a lifetime deal. Dude's like one one championship with Anthony Davis, which is the one of the best players we've ever seen. Okay, how many other schools? Else uh, how that? many other schools during from that point on? How many other schools in the country have won a national championship? I mean, yeah, I mean, probably three. I'm gonna, I'm going to say without thinking much about it: Duke, North Carolina, Villanova. I mean, Calipari. It's amazing that we look at this dude and we're like, "Well, he's underachieving with all these kids." He's been to seven elite eights in ten years. Brandon, would you buy or sell if you could sign Brad Stevens to a lifetime contract to coach UNC? Would you do it? Wow! I would wait. I would wait till um, Roy's done. Well, duh. You said, Roy's going to retire. Okay. Well, I let's mean, say Roy retires and UNC's like, we want Brad. St- I wouldn't eat that one. Eat this one. I, I'm on the um, cusp of hearing Chris DeLambert say, "You almost yeah. ate after me, dude. You don't want to do that." Uh, no, no, Chris. So just Roy said retires. He had seven or eight elite eights and one championship in ten years, and that's grounds for dismissal in so, Carolina. Dude, so, like, but would you sign? How many championships did Dean Smith have to replace? He Roy? had two, but like Roy Williams has had three in fifteen years, and people. And Carolina still complain about this. That's good, but that's because y'all are knuckleheads. Y'all no, are just out of your minds. They're even worse in Kentucky. And, 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 and look, they're even worse in Kentucky. Oh, they are worse in Kentucky. They fired Tubby Smith. I, I get it. Not only are they worse in Kentucky, they're racist. I, I, did I really just say that? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. They didn't want Tubby Smith there. But look, I, listen. I'm gonna let the cat yeah, out of the bag. I was in Lexington, Kentucky, living there. Tyler agrees. When they moved on from Billy Gillespie after one year. They ran him out of town. They had to. They were tired of dragging this girl out of sorority houses and stuff like that. They bounced him. They bring in Calipari. Now, to be fair, Calipari got UMass sanctioned over Marcus Camby. Well, no, Camby got him sanctioned. Well, you know what? You can't be in charge and then say, I didn't know. No, okay, I did, I so yes, know. Marcus Camby and and or John Calipari got UMass sanctioned, but UMass went to their only Final Four in school history under John Calipari. Then he goes to Memphis, Memphis, Memphis basketball. Who even knew that was a thing? Camby, Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose. They That's go and saying. they have somebody take the SAT for him. He cheated, but I, I, I'm not. I'm not disputing that at all. And, and whether Calipari did it himself or Calipari pretended he didn't know or really didn't know one way or the other, it was busted. How Bobby you, Knight is on record as per- saying this guy should not be allowed to coach anything. I got it. However, at Kentucky, seven Elite Eights in ten years and in an era where Kelvin Sampson, boom, Sean Miller, boom, the cat down at LSU, Wade, what's his name? Wait, I don't, know I don't either, man. I'm done with him already. This Boom. guy's out of there. Chuck Person's in jail. The rifle. Steve Alford. Boom. Steve Alford didn't cheat. Steve he Alford cheated in sucked. Iowa, and then boom. That, that's, that's absolutely so? true. There has not been one whisper 
for a junior college kid. improprieties at Kentucky. And I'm going to say this, and I'm not, I'm not insinuating anything, but from a recruiting standpoint in the last few years, Duke's done an even better job than Kentucky. Quinn Snyder in Missouri. Boom. You're just full of those. You cheated, it's too. impressive. Thank you. Yeah, so what right. I'm saying is, is that he may be, maybe what has happened with Calipari is that he's just gotten really, really good at it because he's been popped so many times. Maybe it's because ESPN gives him more free publicity than they do any coach in America with the possible exception of Mike Shashevsky. It's an annual commercial. I agree. For Calipari. I agree. What are there, 730 for 30s about Kentucky and Calipari? So he doesn't have to cheat anymore. He just talks for half an hour. They all come to him. It's fine. Lifetime contract to replace Roy. Brad Stevens, would you give it to him? Lifetime contract? Yeah. Dude, he's not doing that great a job with the Celtics right That's now. That's the so NBA. Butler to the cares? Final Four twice? Twice. He took Butler he to, to back-to-back Butler championship okay. games. Okay, lightning in a bottle. I mean, the Brad Stevens things. Lightning in the bottle? How many teams go to the finals back-to-back? It's almost it never almost never happens. Never. But, but Butler. There's not enough Butler. for me right there. Okay, so that's all right, today, as, as when, we sit hey, here today. Let me just say this real who quick. Is, who, I like Wes Miller for the okay. next coach. So if Wes Miller, let's say that Wes Miller continues to do what he do up at Greensboro, because he's yep. doing an amazing job. UNCG should have been in the tournament this year. I'm gonna say that again. But yeah. let's say Wes Miller is the heir apparent. And Wes Miller comes to UNC. Wes Miller is a relatively young guy yep. in terms of coaches. And Wes Miller gets a national championship at UNC. In 10 years. With 10 years. No, no, no. He gets a title just like Calipari for t- after no, no, 10 no. years. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one better than that. I'm going to say, let's say Wes Miller comes in and three years later with his own squad, not with Roy's players, wins a national title, and fill in the blank. Kentucky, UCLA... Arizona, whomever, backs a Brinks truck up to this guy's house and says, blank check, we'll write you whatever, we'll give you whatever you want. And he tells UNC, lifetime deal or I'm out. Would you consider it? I would not consider it. Okay, fair, then that's fair. Then you, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to you beef about Calipari. Tell me why this is a bad idea for the Wildcat fans. Because, like, look at this year with Duke. Like, if it wasn't Coach K, it was like – Championship or bust. I was kidding with uh, Chris, and I stole this. Like ESPN is now ZSPN for Zion Williamson, and the, they didn't. They almost should have got beaten, like in the field of thirty-two. Should have should have got beaten. That's the most ach- underachieving, you know, season that um, K's had. And my point is that if you're new to the game. If it's K, that's fine. But if you're new to the game, like Calipari in Kentucky, I think he's got 10 years. Dude, if you're not making it into the Final Four, multiple Final Fours, why are you going to give somebody a lifetime deal, dude? You have the best talent year in, either the best or the second best talent. Year in and year out, and you haven't done anything except for win a championship with Anthony Davis? Okay. Give me a break, dude. That said, though. That if, said. I was a, if I was a Carolina fan and that – Calipari was here and had those same results. I, I'm like, I, I beat people off of Roy because they're crazy. But I would have to like start listening to arguments. But like, but listen, the, the thing with Roy is not fair because 
The folks that scream that they want Roy out of there only want Roy out of there because he's not Dean Smith. If it was Dean Smith who had had the same results over the time that Roy Williams had, they'd have pulled him out of UNC and elected a governor by now. I mean, that's the issue, is that even Roy Williams is one of the saddest stories in coaching history because he's never going to get his due from the fan base of the school he's at. Everybody nationally outside of Chapel Hill looks at Roy Williams and like, he's the best in the business. And at this point, I'm willing to say he's better at this than Kay. Bottom line. I don't disagree. And but I last think year Roy Williams, wasn't. for all of his warts with regard to how he plays freshman, because he doesn't do a great job <laughs> as a freshman, he develops basketball players. We're looking, and I said to open this, this segment, we've got four straight years now where we're going to have a team win that doesn't have any freshmen on, not any freshman contributors. That is how you build a successful basketball program. It's right. not a fluke. The fact that these two teams with all these freshmen won these national championships, that's the fluke. Look at the greatest freshman class of all time is indisputably the Fab Five at Michigan. How many national championships they win? None. Not in year one, not in year two, and then the team fell apart because Weber left, then Howard left, then Rose left, and Jimmy King and Ray Jackson were left by themselves. But they didn't win a national championship. And nobody at the time was stunned because we still knew then, we believed, uh, experience means something. You're talking about 18-year-old kids playing against kids that in a lot of in a lot of these systems are 23 in their fifth year. UMBC last year, when we looked at it, we're like, well, it is surprising, but these kids have all been in this system all this time. When Butler did their thing, it was the same type of situation. There is so much to be said for these kids coming into the program, staying in the program, learning the system, growing relationships with one another and really giving a damn about their school. That's another piece of it where these hired guns come in and they're there. They're literally on campus for six months. We had a chance. We were in the room with, with Kay when it, when he basically said, I, I, I get like a dozen practices with these kids before we play ball. Calipari said just a couple months ago, not for the first time, we don't even talk about defense until October. Those schools, I think, at this point, till January, I thought Duke. October is when the season starts. I think he said January. He may have said January. Yeah. Dude, thanks for correcting me. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm playing with you. Oh, do we feel bad for them for not getting enough practices? No, in? but no, I think but, but this Brandon, is Brandon. My point is, is that North Carolina is doing it right. Yeah, they're doing it right. And if they fall into one of these kids that is going to be one and done, great. But and that's not what they're out there recruiting year in and year out. Cam Who Johnson, Little, and White were going to be one and dones. Nobody. No, 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 no. Now it's Little, yes, little. not Kobe White. Okay, Nobody. But that's the thing. Even talking weeks ago, UNC was a better team than Duke. Agreed. They didn't have better talent, but they are a better team. Agreed. Thanks right. for hanging out with us. We'll see you on the other side of break. Crystal Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, 
Would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back from Cheap Seat. You can check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. It's at Cheap Seat at Cheap Seat Radio. And if you want to communicate with us, email is the most effective. Send us a line over at CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. What day does Game of Thrones come back on? Uh, Sunday, April 14th. I am actually sad that this is happening because I know when it starts, then we're eight weeks from the end and it's never going to be back. Is it only six? Yes, sir. Oh. But every episode's between an hour and a half and two hours. Okay, well, there's that. I got my HBO Go hookup. See, I like that. I like that. I just – are you caught up on, on Game yeah. of Thrones? I'm two years behind. Now, so you know on. you've got plenty of time. Yeah. Get in there and, and, and get churched up. I don't – I don't know, man. This, this, this is just like The Sopranos. There's only two TV shows that sort of jump out at me that they're cutting off too soon. Sopranos is one – Game of Thrones is another. I am, I'm shattered. I'm dying on the inside a little bit. And there's rumors out there, I guess. I don't know. It may be even confirmed at this point that they're going to do a prequel series yes. that's like 3,000 years before. I'm not going to watch it either. Yeah, you are. No. Yeah, you I are. I can't. Don't lie. Does Ned Stark die in that one too? No, um, he's not even born in that yeah, one. Yeah, he's 3,000 years. Oh, he, it was a joke. Oh. You missed it. Thanks for playing along. So anyway, if you had to choose – to watch either either the Game of Thrones season this year to see it finish it off, or the End Game for the Avengers, and you can only choose one. Game of Thrones. Oh, that was easy. oh, that's not because I I feel like I already know how End Game is going to end. Yeah, I, and I've I don't, got it figured out. So I've never seen any of the Avengers, so dumb. I don't even give a crap. You're dumb. Um, I I, I feel like I already know how End Game finishes. So yeah, it would be Game of Thrones. I need. I have to know. That was a horrible question. We've been man. in eight. What eight years worth of Game of Thrones? Is that yeah, right? Eight. Eight years. Seven. Or I got to see how this wraps up. I got to see who wins. The only the glory that I who's have. Your, who's your pick? That stays alive. Yeah. Who's gonna win? Who Who will be the king or queen of all the realms? Um. These the, are going to be spoiler alerts, even for me. So, I mean, he doesn't know. I mean, I mean, I'm asking him to make a prediction. We predict games all oh, the he's time. A, you never watched Game of Thrones? No, no I've seen no, them no. all, and I've read all the books. But the, they've gone far beyond the books at this point. Oh, okay. Yes. So who, who will be? Fat Sam is going to be the only one left. Really? Yeah. Unfortunately, everybody else is going to die. Fat Sam is going to be the ruler of all the realms. And he only know he's well not yeah because he's going to be the only one left. Everyone else dies. And the problem is 
he knows how to beat the White Walkers, but he's not a fighter, so he's not going to be out there fighting. He's going to be looking up at the end going, it's just me now. That's my Interesting prediction. Interesting pick. Who you got, Brandon? <laughs> I'm so far removed. I'm just going to say Fat Sam. <laughs> All right, cool. I'd be, I'd be, I would definitely be pulling for him because, like, <laughs> shouldn't he have been dead by like season one or two? Fat Sam, Fat yeah. Sam didn't even he didn't even introduce to us. He was like four. season two or three, ah, three I that early. It was three, yeah, three or four. He's the fat dude. Yeah, yeah. The, He's the, going down the to become to a magic. Yeah, he yeah, likes yeah. to read. Yeah. And he fell in love with a girl. He was he had got banished by his dad yep. to join the wall. And yeah, I'm He's going a good with Khaleesi. Huh? I'm going with Khaleesi. See, Anybody, did, she's got the dragons on her side. I'm okay, but okay. do you agree with this? What's that? The Dragon Queen, Jon Snow, and the Imp are going to ride the dragons, and they're all related. Are they all related? Yes, sir. I know that Khaleesi and, and Jack and Snow is. John, John, John Snow. Snow. Uh, I'm Jack Frost. The Imp. The Imp, the Imp is the Imp is a Targaryen. Huh. Really? Yep. They, Did you just make that up? Or is no, that that's the a theory that's out there. That's no, a theory. It's the not books are way behind. That's what I'm saying. That's the only thing that I have that's good is there's two more books to come. So this show's going to end, and then he's going to bust out the last two books, so I'll have something to look forward to, because ah. I'm sure he's going to tweak it a little bit. Hey, don't y'all think that um, Game of Thrones kind of cheated Walking Dead? Because Walking Dead was a thing. And Game of Thrones were like, okay, we'll go back to medieval. No, because the books came out before no, The Walking but, Dead Walking did. But Walking Dead point, just ran out of storyline. But my point was, and I haven't seen the last two seasons of each of these, so you're totally ruining it for me, but The Walking Dead had the zombies and stuff like that. And then Game of Thrones came out with like the medieval times stuff and zombies. So they're like, we, we're going to take your but, thing. But you if you the- read the book and watch the first episode, the very first thing that happens is the White Walkers are introduced, and these books were written way before The Walking Dead became a TV show. All right, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to. I'm going to give you a, a my perspective on this. Okay, the difference between Walking Dead and Game of Thrones is Walking Dead, to its detriment, created flaws in all of its characters. And when they started killing people off, they killed off too many likable characters. There's nobody left that anybody likes. And I know that sounds crazy, but my wife and I were like students of this whole thing. And if you think about it, there's nobody to like left on the show. Game of Thrones, no matter who you are, you can identify with one of the principal characters on there. And you're like, I like them. They've kept a core. I don't like this one. I like that one. And nobody's been immune to be killed. I mean, they'll kill off some people, and it's like, oh, my God, what just happened? Well, very early on, George R.R. R. Martin was interviewed, and they asked him, and he said, anybody that you guys love, I'm going to kill. <laughs> and he said, my wife begged me to not kill Arya and the M because those are her two favorite characters. Interesting. But he said, whoever you like, I will kill. I think this year is going to be horrible because every – in the six shows – one of those main characters the red is going to die. Style, like Cersei, the uh, her brother Snow. I think all those guys are going to go down. <laughs> you know what? I think The Walking Dead, where it went sideways, is when it became nothing about the zombies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's too much it of a like, soap opera. 
hey, I'm, I've got a barbed wire bat, and I'm going to be in three seasons. That's so lame, dude. I got they, so, they have run I that got so into tired of that. the ground. There at some point between those two factions had to be a winner and loser, and I didn't even watch this last season because I'm over it. It, it even, just went on, it on and on and on. I think it's playing on what AMC. I always like on Netflix watch it, so I binge binge watch it. Hmm. We got to the point my wife won't even. She's like, I'm done with it. I, I don't want to see it anymore. And that was such a dark turn that a dark show to start with took. But it was it was just brutal and it was cringeworthy there for a few weeks where people were getting their skulls bashed in and something like the you know and, and these are. I know they're television characters, but they're characters you've been invested in for years. Yeah. And these guys are getting, you know, smashed and it was it was so hopeless. It really just I think it went too far. Um but the other piece is that they it's almost like they just ran out of ideas. Where are we going? We're spinning our wheels. I don't know. Tough to watch. I need to catch up. I feel like I owe it to the television. Yeah, you gotta show to watch it. You gotta so, watch it. I'm gonna we'll watch see. it too. But you guys are on with Fat Sam. I'm taking Khaleesi. We'll see how that all shakes out. Brandon, I want to ask you this. The mountain. Ooh, he's well, he's not, not dead. dead. Yeah. Anyway, you would. Oh, no, yeah. We now he spoiled it. He said he's two years behind, but the mountain's dead. Um, or is he? No, he's not. No, dead. he's not dead. No, he should have died, and old boy got a little cocky and got killed. Um, so the Lakers decided that due to this debilitating groin injury, they were going to shut LeBron down for the year. I know that you think that's a good idea. It's hard to disagree with you. However, I have one question for you. What's that? Now that LeBron's been shut down, is it okay for the Pelicans to shut down Anthony Davis and not be fined by the league? I agree with you. Like, I mean, well, and also, I thought... Can I give my response from Twitter? So, I think the timing of this shutting LeBron down was bad. Because wasn't it like four days ago... Where he had the triple double or something like that, and says, "I'm not going to cheat the game." No, I think it was four days he, ago where he had his uh, shot at the buzzer blocked by two different Knicks. I mean, <laughs> I'm a big LeBron fan. No, his numbers are, I think, maybe slightly up from last year, which a lot of people don't even know. Like his scoring, I think, one category, like either rebounds. Or assists, he's right in line with last year's stats. And Trent's looking that up just to make sure no, I'm he, not lying. He absolutely is. His, his numbers are up. But if you're going to rely on those numbers and not your eyes, I'm disappointed in you because he's not the same player he was last year. And well, part of that's probably be- because of the injury. A lot of it is certainly because of this cast of characters that can't stay healthy and don't want to play with him. That's what I'm about to say. Like. What's he supposed to do like, with this gaggle of misfits that are still left? after Not know, be a butthole. His numbers are actually almost identical. So Can't even. You, the he's, playing, he's playing a minute he's a, and a half less, and he's averaging 0.4 of a point, 0.1 of a point less. He's averaging, he's shooting worse. Almost identical with this. Yeah, it's almost identical. All right, we'll see you on the other side of the break. You're listening from the Cheap Seats in Central North Carolina. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to 
sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with Remax Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the Chief Seats. Back to the second hour from the cheap seat. I hate that song. Monday night. So, so much. Coming Monday no, night. Let it roll. Oh my gosh. It's Luther Vandross. I can't handle it anymore. I can't take it. I can't take it. I'm gonna have to suffer through it Monday night. I can't take it. Uh, as this one shining State moment cuts down the nets, Luther doing his thing. I um, we were talking about LeBron James, and here's where I was trying to go with that: is Michael Jordan lived through one of these moments. He left basketball for almost two full seasons. He came back and played 17 games. And was obviously a shell of himself after as part of that second season. And in that offseason, he went out and filmed Space Jam and came back. And yes, with a lot of help from Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman, led the Bulls to three consecutive titles. But he changed his game. A lot game. of help. Yeah, but he changed his game and he took it to a whole new level. He added a wrinkle that we had never seen from him before. And it was the ability to not only shoot the ball from the outside, but it was with that fadeaway jumper that at the time was indefensible. If you were in LeBron James' ear, what would you be telling LeBron to do during this offseason to take his game to a new level? Because that's what it's going to take. Regardless of whether they add Anthony Davis or Draymond Green or Boogie Cousins or whomever they add, LeBron is going to have to do more than he did when he was in Cleveland at a more advanced age to get through the West and into the finals. What would you tell him to change about his game, if anything, over this offseason as he films Space Jam 2? Well, I would just say probably do what he's already thinking about. The guys are in a power forward body, right? Yep. What I would say is, if you're able to get any of the other guys that you want, like Anthony Davis, Ky, um, not Kyrie, but uh, what's his name, Kawhi <laughs> Leonard, <clears throat> if you can get any of those guys, I would just start to empower them a little bit more. I would probably stop with the body language of like 
anytime somebody does something stupid, throwing your hands up like, what is that? You know what I mean? LeBron's guilty of that. He's been guilty of that from the day he stepped into but, the I mean, So I don't know. I, the, the I, I agree pro- with you. I think he should. I don't know if he's capable. I mean, that's how he's wired. Well, I mean, if you look at LeBron from the very beginning, like, first of all, everybody's like, you're not, you're not aggressive enough. You don't take the shot. And then he starts doing it, and then he's like, ah, oh, well. You know, Kobe Bryant gets on him in the All Star game. Like you're, you that's you need to be taking care of that. You need, you need you need to be taking the shot. And he gets more aggressive, and then he starts trying to coach up his team, like everybody is telling him to do. And um, then he gets criticism for that. Like he's like talking down to everybody and like complaining and stuff like that. I would just, if I was him, I would like bring someone on as a peer. And, you know, maybe tone down the body language and then do what you said. Like, <clears throat> like Jordan got did that little down low fadeaway. He developed that. LeBron's already got that. He's been had that. Well. So just, like, use it more, I guess. Okay. I, I'm going to disagree with what you <coughs> said. Because I think what, what <coughs> LeBron could do that would stretch his career is sort of counterintuitive to what's going on in the NBA right now. Everybody wants to expand their game and they want to add the three-point shot to the repertoire. LeBron is a passable three <coughs> shooter from three-point range. Right. But so is everybody. So why bother is, is, I guess, my point with that. If I'm LeBron James, we've seen flashes of LeBron in the paint, and he's unstoppable. If I was LeBron James, given that he's 35 years old, and really ought to not have the ball in his hands every time down the floor, I would work on my footwork from the elbow in and develop that low post game that he doesn't have. When he's when he's creating on his way to the basket, he's an unstoppable force, but that takes a great deal of energy. If he were willing to post up from the elbow in and develop the footwork, he'd be unguardable. That's my, that's my short answer to what I think is a simple question. Um... I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to so make you don't a think, like in a few short months in the off season, that he couldn't develop like a, like a low post game. I think that with his body, I think he should. That's what I just said. Is that he should, and he hasn't up to this point. I mean, he's he can do that like tomorrow. So why but do they need AD? And that's then. what I'm saying is I'm not saying that he should do something he's incapable of. That is the thing. If I were him, I would take this off season. I would have them, just like Jordan did on the set of Space Jam, had them build him a basketball court. That was part of the deal. If I'm going to come out there and film this movie during the summer, you guys are going to have to build me a court. Had a court built. They had some amazing pickup games. They're legendary. I think LeBron should do the same thing, have a court on site. God knows who else is going to be in the movie with him, but I think that that is the one thing (coughs) LeBron should work on is refining a low post game and be willing to play without the ball in his hands. There are there are several free agents that are out there that there is, you know, some possibility they're going to come to LA. Two of those guys are Kyrie Irving and Kimball Walker. They are two of the legit guys that might <laughs> might be able to get there. Kevin Durant's right. not going out there. I don't think Kawhi Leonard is going there. Um so Clay think- Thompson's not leaving Golden State. So it, the list is getting small. Kimba if Kimba stays in Charlotte, they need to they need to name every street in the city after him. You should have Kimba Drive, Kimba Wall, uh, Kimba, Kimba Boulevard, Walker Way, 
I don't have any idea why Kimball Walker would want to stay with the Hornets. And, I mean, I said – I texted y'all about a week ago and said if he was, like, a few inches taller, you laughed at me. You were like, well, what if he was, like, 7'5"? But I was like – this six, but – I, I no, I agree. I think, Dude, I agree with you. I've said a million times, Kimball Walker's my favorite Hornet If he all was time. like three or four inches taller, he'd be run, running this league. Right he now. dropped 47 on Utah the other day in a game where nobody else on his squad would even play against Utah on the road. Right. 38 points in the second half. My point with Kimball Walker and with Kyrie, these guys are – if they go – if either one of these guys goes to L.A. and – LeBron James brings the ball up the floor 95% of the time. They have absolutely wasted any opportunity with these guys. Neither one of those guys is effective off the ball. Period. A lot of that can be said. If you bring Kawhi Leonard in and he's off the ball all the time, you're wasting that guy in his prime. At this point, I agree with what you said about LeBron. LeBron needs to bring somebody in as a peer. If he's going to play off the ball, what LeBron does when he's off the ball now is spectates. That's not effective, and it's contagious. If LeBron is an active component down on the block, there are a lot of things that can be done that contribute to the team and allow somebody else to create, somebody else to do what they do. Kimball Walker going to L.A. unless LeBron changes his game is a disaster waiting to happen that will absolutely waste Kimball Walker's talent. Kimball Walker, as good as he is. Because he's not wasting it in Charlotte. Oh, I. it depends on your perspective. I mean, he's wasting it, but he's put up numbers that are going to get him a max deal. Kimball Walker is in his prime right now, and I do. And as much as I love the Hornets, he is wasting his time. That franchise cannot get it right. <coughs> and I'm going to tell you that I said this the other night, and I wasn't drunk, and I wasn't just mad. <laughs> they might have the worst collection of big men I've ever seen. And there's not most NBA teams are not carrying four centers. They're carrying four guys that only play the five. None of them should be starting in the NBA. Most of them should not be the third center on anybody's team. It's ridiculous how bad they are. And for my money, Willie Hernan Gomez is the best of the bunch, and he plays about four minutes a night. Bismack Biombo is one of the worst contracts in sports history. That dude is absolutely useless. Frank Kaminsky has been asking the Hornets for a buyout for 90 days now, and they won't give it to him. Why? What, what are you doing? Buy him out. Get out from under that contract and be done with that wasted draft pick. And Tyler Zeller is their number one. Dude. Dude. I mean, that's four guys that are tying up space there, that are not going anywhere. The Hornets are done. And you you love to say this, and you're right every time you do, but you and Charles Barkley have said the same thing. The 8-9 line is the worst place to be in the NBA. And Charlotte, Always. one of these days from the 9 line in the East, may pull the number one pick in the draft. But until that, they're they're in purgatory. They've got horrible contracts that they're saddled with. Nobody's going to take on Marvin Williams' deal. Nobody's going to take on Batum's deal. Nobody's going to take these bad contracts. So it's Kimba and nothing. I think Kimba should Except for your guy, Malik Monk. I don't, I'm not a Malik Monk fan. I'm playing with you. Um, Malik Monk, 
I I, I don't know. The, the no, team I is, mean, cr- is trash. I it's agree trash. with that. And Kimber Walker has carried them to the cusp of the playoffs. They're going to miss the playoffs, but that dude is a warrior. So if I'm looking at guys that cannot possibly look at their own squad and be like, we can win a championship, uh, let me look someplace else. Kimball Walker's the most likely. I'm just telling you that if he goes to L.A. and he plays with LeBron, LeBron brings the ball up all the time, Kimba is of no use. Kimba's six foot one at best. Has to create off the dribble. I I, I don't know. I think they would be a good good fit. They just have to Why? work it out. Well, I mean, because they're really good players. You know, they can work it out. Why was um Dwayne Wade and LeBron James a good Because LeBron fit? deferred to Dwayne Wade. We've never seen him. Well then defer that's to what I said. Else. Like you bring in a you bring in a peer and you like, you know, take turns. I mean, I guess like I mean, I don't how think is, Kemba's his peer though. How That's is, my point is at this point I think LeBron doesn't see anybody as his peer. But like look at Harden and Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Like I mean they're working out fairly well. Because well, Chris Paul's in a wheelchair. Yeah, exactly. Harden can do whatever he wants. <laughs> well, I'm just saying you guys what? get what I'm saying. I mean, here's no, the we thing. Are, I understand. You've got through these you, three you guys. Can, there's I'm only so many hearing. Super Bowl. Super players. But Kyrie and LeBron didn't work because Kyrie is more like Kemba. He wants the ball. He wants to be the playmaker. Now, for what it's worth, it did work for one year when they won championship. But there you are. See you on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. So, we're, we're talking through the break as to where LeBron is at in the hierarchy of players in the NBA. And I think up till this year, it was fair to say that if you wanted an honest reckoning of... All right. Well, all right. I was jamming. That was some Def Leppard right there. So we're talking through the break, and LeBron up to this year, I think it's fair to say LeBron could have been the MVP every every year for the last 10 years. Right. I, I wouldn't have – I mean, it would be hard to argue with that. This year, given LeBron we saw on the floor this year, I, he's head and shoulders below at least five players I can run off for you right off the top of my head. And that doesn't mean that he's not elite. You got to put that in the right context, though. Do you? Yeah. On any given night, he can turn it on and be the best player in the world. How many right times now. did he score? Did he turn it on and score fifty this year? He didn't. He didn't. He's never played that game. Chris. I, I'm, I'm just. I'm just saying. I like, mean, I mean watched... he doesn't have to be like Harden and like score fifty to get an MVP. But you think the... he could? Yeah, you you don't think LeBron James can score fifty right now? No, I mean I'm not talking about him being hurt, but this season, 
This season, no, I don't think LeBron could score 50. I haven't seen LeBron be that effective on offense this year. I've not seen it. <laughs> I got to laugh at you a little bit. Like, when he got hurt with his, what was it, the groin Brandon, issue? The, the Lakers like, are he 27 was fourth and in the West. They, they are 27 and 28. I know, with but, in the but lineup. he came back. He came back for one game, missed the second one, and he came back, and the Lakers are just no good. But he had them in the four spot in the West, Chris. And if you think he can't score 50 anytime he wants to, you're not watching the same basketball as I am. You would you would Harden, tell me. Harden you, brings the ball up, gets a pick at the three-point line, travels to on a step-back three, and scores 50 every night or does a Euro step where if you know somebody actually contests him on a Euro step, he gets called for a foul. And if it, no foul called, then he whines like you're, a you're, damn you're baby. You're after the low-hanging fruit because we already know that you hate James Harden. Tell me why LeBron is better than Giannis. I'm saying on the, any given night right now, he could be better than any player in the league. He still got it. I mean, I, I, I disagree with you because on any given night, Steph Curry could be the best player in the Giannis league. Has, Giannis has a low post game. He's got a, a body for more like, you know, a bigger body. And he's younger. He's the best but defensive LeBron, player in basketball. But for LeBron James, he could be the best player in the world on any given night. I just feel like it's funny that everybody just all of a sudden, oh, well, he's done now. Like, I mean, LeBron nobody James said is just nobody, done. nobody is saying LeBron's done. I haven't heard a single person say LeBron is How done. many championships does LeBron, uh, Giannis have? Um, to date, none. Okay, none. Has he how proven many did, everything? How many did, wait, whoa, whoa, stop. Giannis, no, hold on. This year five for Giannis. How many on. did LeBron have in year five? Don't stop me right now because he hasn't proved – he's not – I love Giannis. But he hasn't proven anything. He's a regular season player up until this point. He's had zero playoff run. So come talk to me when he does something in the playoffs. Oh, I'll be here to talk to you about it because we're, we're, we're talking about – how many has he got? We're back to the how many championships? I don't, how many has Jordan got? I mean, you can't you you don't get to just go back and forth with that like that. That's crazy. Okay, talk. I'm talking about because his playoff. Let, let's talk about Steph Curry. He's been in the league for five years. What's his playoff? Like that. This is what I hate. LeBron James is always measured by his playoff record, even though he's like got almost all the records and rings. But as soon as I turn around and say. Hey, what's Giannis done in the playoffs? I'm not, I, nothing that I said. I said, I, I'm the one that just said. The guy could have been or should have been the MVP for the last 10 years. Yeah. He didn't win championships in all those years. I, I That, to me, has nothing to do with anything when we're talking about who is the best player in the NBA right now. If I'm putting a team together to take on the Monstars and save the planet, I'm starting with Giannis, period. End of discussion. I don't know that. We're My, talking about two different things, though. I don't know that I disagree with that, but you. When we were off air, my comment was: any given night, LeBron James can still be the best player in the world. But for that night, or for the entire year? I mean, what the context I, I put it in was that for that night. But he, I think he still got at least one more year of being the best. But there's, there's, I, I I'm, I'm a little confused because I think there's probably twelve. Or 15 players on any given night can be the best player in the world. Okay, so Giannis goes on to this year's Lakers, right? Uh-huh. 
Are they like four spot before he gets injured? I think if Giannis were on this year's Lakers, they are probably the third or fourth best team okay. in the West for the season period. That's exactly where LeBron had him. They, before Brandon, you're, the, you're, you're talking about the four seed. When they were in the four seed, there were five teams separated by one game. I mean, everybody was basically third through eight. I mean, it was early. The bottom okay. line is they are 27 and 28. So if the season in the ends like that, are they in the four seed or the eight seed? Like, my point but is the that they were in the four seed. Was, we were a third of the way through the season. Okay. I'm just saying, if you look at it, they were he had them in position to be in a four five seed. So what I'm starting to believe more is, yes, they were in the four seed with LeBron being healthy. I think I believe the reports that his injury was a heck of a lot worse than it was, and he should have been out a heck of a lot longer than he did, and this season's a waste. It's a wash. We won't know how good they could have been this year because LeBron was definitely – I don't think it's a decline. I think he was injured. He is coming off, to me, as disinterested in playing basketball and – I think he made a big mistake that has lost the team with the Lakers, that they're going to need this reshaping. But I think the injury took it out. I mean, well, next like year next year, we'll see. They could add a piece, and LeBron could get back up in that talk of being one, two best players in the NBA again. When you, when you say disinterested, do you think that's the root of that is the injury? Is it because he doesn't have any confidence in the players around him? He doesn't like the coach. He doesn't like the players. He's in L.A. He's got all this other stuff working. Man, you know what really disturbed me is I've never seen a professional athlete, whether they're injured or not, maybe it's just because it's LeBron they filmed it, walk into a game that you weren't – he wasn't playing, but he's walking in there with a glass of wine. I mean, to me, that was kind of weird. Like, I I didn't like that at all. But – on the basketball court, when healthy, I still think he is top two, if not the best player in the game, and he can turn it up. Last year, dude, come on. Like, it's a different year, but the only thing the Cavs really lost was LeBron James, and they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. I don't think we're giving him enough credit for how much he carried that team. Thank you, Trent. And I think... He could have probably done this with the Lakers this year. He was doing it. But if he hurt his groin. He was before he hurt his groin. And I'm not a fan of LeBron James as far as I'm not a big fan. I respect him, and I give him the credit that he does. But this year was not a good year for Before he shut it down, he had two of the other better players on the Lakers shut it down for the season. He's scoring – the same amount of points, and this is by seven games going to be the lowest total of games that he's ever played in his career. So is this the beginning of the end because now he's going to start breaking down and getting hurt more often? Or are they going to figure out a way to get somebody in here and let him reign supreme well, And again? he's also played the most minutes in the last 16, 16 years. Well, he didn't years. play th- this year. He His minutes Not were this year. barely so- down, but... But if he no true over the last fifteen years, he's played the most minutes of anybody else in the league. He has, and by part, a long of, shot. part of his greatness has been based on the fact that he's always there. He's never missed any significant time. I honestly hope 
that this injury isn't something that lingers or is the precursor to a series of injuries and it becomes the new norm. Because I don't he doesn't deserve to go out like that. No. I mean he's been Well that's iconic. why I'm saying if this is the real LeBron, he should retire because he's gonna ruin everything he's ever accomplished I, I, I in my mind. That's that's an interesting statement. I think it's a little I think it's a little too soon to talk like that. I just look at it and I know what LeBron's great LeBron greatness looks like. And there have been flashes that I've seen of it this year, but the ability to just turn it on, maybe it's the injury, maybe it's discontent. I feel, and I'm not in his head, I don't know this dude, we all spend any time together, but it seems from the outside looking in, like this dude has spread himself so unbelievably thin that he's not engaged at the level he once was. That's how it appears to me. I'm also going to make the observation from a leadership standpoint, it's obvious that the rest of the people in that locker room are like, LeBron trying to trade us, LeBron's running this thing. I'm going to tell you right now, if the Lakers bring in Tyron Lue, they better trade the entire team because those kids are going to punch out. Now, the other part of that is Tyron Lue, just like the Lakers organization for the last seven or eight, ten years, had never developed anybody. So if you bring Tyron Lue in and you've got Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, don't expect him to get any better because Cleveland never did that. I mean, they drafted Kyrie, who was a prodigy coming out of Duke, and he did his thing. But other than that, you can't. But he wasn't under Tyron for what? But a year, two. I'm just I mean, saying, he was with Brown and then the Russian dude. If you bring in Tyron Lue, I think it's going to be a disaster. The only worse hire could be Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd wants to play. And, and I'm not – I guess Jason Kidd is a smart enough basketball guy that he could do things differently than he did in Milwaukee. But his scheme in Milwaukee was to trap everything. I would love to be in the room when he tells LeBron, I'm going to need you to trap every Unfortunately, ball. Unfortunately, yeah. they're going to have to hire a puppet that it's, – it's just going to be a figurehead. They can't hire a coach that's going to be a coach that develops people until LeBron's gone. I, I'm I, sorry. That's disappointing. But that's how it is. That's how Cleveland was. Well, that's Miami got away that. with it because that wasn't LeBron's team. It was Dwayne Wade's team and Spolstra. But that's what's Spolstra always Spolstra just kind of threw it up in the air what's and let them do their thing. Phil Jackson being a guru, dude. Like I mean, I agree. LeBron. I mean, LeBron. Michael Jordan came in there and told him what to do, and he was like. All Zen, because that's the only thing he could be. Well, Zen, because he could manage those egos, and then he went to L.A. and managed the egos. What it wasn't the, about the X and O's. Nobody what is says managing that Phil, the egos yeah. except for just, like, going to a corner and not saying anything? Those players ran those teams. Just like Tom Brady runs the Patriots. And Twitter. See you on the other side. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. 
Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. All right, welcome back to the final half hour from the Cheap Seats. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Drop us a line if there's anything you want to hear us opine about or, you know, me and Brandon have a fist fight on the air, whatever. Yeah, um, man, I had to, I had to like, back up and <laughs> dive into my phone. I was getting a little nervous. I, a couple of and administrative then I notes. sided with Brandon, and he's farther away. You could have just I jumped was, over and beat my I was, I was, I was doing the math, trying to figure out Ooh. if I could reach you from here. First of all, I feel remiss because we came in today not knowing we were going to be treated. You've seen sort of the scatter of food on the on the table the entire night and uh crab cakes chicken satay and oysters mm. from cooper's restaurant and wine bar which is dope it's a lot to say it really is but um my wife and i came out wednesday night we hung out and uh had a great meal had a great meal in fact my wife she does this when she has something she really likes and she like is strategic from the very first course all the way through so she can save a little bit and have it the next day and she had the um she had the shrimp pasta and i jacked it from her when i got i beat her home the next day and i, oh. I did um dude that's the worst thing you can do and, and is like tried to pretend that i didn't know that, that she wanted that so it was, it was all right but no great food man i am um, couldn't recommend it more highly how's things going over there yeah everything's going well I'm like super impressed with how everybody supported us. Um, couldn't be happier. We're, cool. we, I mean, the food's all. I mean, we have a great new staff in the back of the house and the front of the house. And so I just couldn't be happier with it. We just need to keep it rolling. That's all. Dude, and I'll tell you this even if the staff was horrible, just hanging out there, you feel like you're a cool guy. That place is the bomb on the inside. It's beautiful. Thank you. Nothing like we have here in the thriving metropolis of Sanford. So, bravo, dude. I it's appreciate awesome. it. All just right, got to so keep on rolling. Cool, man. Best of luck with it. And uh, anytime you want to bring crab cakes, oysters, chicken satay, anything, please. Yeah. That was we can, great. We can do that. That was great. And, and you know, you see how Kaplan did. He was here for the half, first half hour. And he was like, oh, yeah, I got to go. And half the food disappeared as he walked out the door. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Hey, man, it was just good to see Kaplan. I didn't know who that was. All right, so in the last 24 hours, the AAF has announced they're suspending operations. Now, I want to tell, and I don't know if I put this out there because it was quasi-privileged information when it happened. There have been rumors that back in February, 
before Dundon made his $250 million investment, that the AAF had missed payroll. Not a rumor. I know for certain, beyond any shadow of a doubt, I've got the inside intel, they did miss payroll. Dundon came in, came in swooped in with his $250 million. They were able to make payroll, keep the thing afloat. At this point, they've lost $70 million in the last month. The announcement came that they are going to spin operations. They are not going to bounce back from this. The AAF is done. The death knell came about a week ago when Dundon himself went and met with the NFL Players Association and proposed bringing practice squad players off of NFL rosters and putting them into the AAF. I don't even know that that would have done any good for him. The problem with this whole operation is not the football. Not the quality of the product on the field. Not that there's not enough desire out there in the country. I think the problem with this is Charlie Ebersaw and the fact that he was the creative mind behind it. Um, Charlie Ebersaw, for the, those of you that don't know, is the 35-year-old son of Dick Ebersaw, who is a titan in the sports entertainment industry. Former chairman of NBC Sports. He's produced the Olympics a couple of times, produced the Super Bowl, uh, was actually – co-developed Saturday Night Live with Lorne Michaels. Dick wow. Ebersaw's resume is unbelievable. Charlie Ebersaw is a rich kid who grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth and produced some garbage reality TV shows. I could catalog them for you, and you've never heard of any of them. And got hooked up with Bill Polian, sold this idea, and Charlie Ebersaw convinced Bill Polian and all of these former NFL guys to come on board and that he could go sell this thing. And he absolutely failed in every regard. And as much as I wanted this to succeed, I'm one of about 16 Americans that watched the quarterback draft show that was sort of the AAF's introduction to the world. And I called you during that or shortly after, and I told you it was completely 100% Mickey Mouse. And I was afraid that if that was a harbinger of – how things were going to go down, it was going to be a disaster. Then when you watched the product on the field, it was great. Except that this league had been insistent upon playing in major arenas. Dude, you got to grow into that. You can't show up and try to fill 65,000 seat venues right out of the gate. That was their first misstep. They should have been playing on small college campuses around the country my suggestion would have been that they played in smaller markets anyway where people might actually cared instead of competing in the same major markets that every expansion league ever tries to get into that don't work. How many times are we going to do football in Birmingham, Alabama? Yeah. If it ain't if it ain't Bama or Auburn, they don't care. Now, my fears about the AAF were compounded when I had a couple of meetings with folks who told me about their inner workings and from the very beginning, the AAF could not get out of their own way. They had an idea that they were going to draft all of the quarterbacks that were in this pool and assign them so that there was some an equitable, um, basically, division of quarterbacks amongst the team, which is not a bad idea. For the other players, they had a player allocation system that was geographic. The players didn't even know going into camp who they were signed to, or if they were signed to the league at all. Come on, man. These were some guys that were in over their head. 
I'm actually glad this has happened because it has cleared the way for the XFL. And the XFL is not going to come in and go the route of the AAF where their refrain all along has been, well, we're tied in with the NFL. We're going to be a developmental league for the NFL. Vince McMahon is going to come in and be the polar opposite of that. He's going to come in trying to compete head up with the NFL, and I think that's good for everybody. I don't know that it's going to be successful. I doubt that it's going to be, but it's going to be fun while it lasts. Well, I think it needs to be different. The XFL needs to be different because I heard this today, so I'm kind of stealing it, and I'm sorry that I'm not going to be able to give credit to the person. But we have enough football. We have enough, right? We have the NFL did you see the Cleveland Browns huddling together with all their new skill positions? I love players? you, Freddie Kitchen. I love you too, Odell. I saw that crap. Me and Jarvis. Yeah, we've been talked this into existence. Uh, we, shut up. We cried. Go win a ball game. The only thing is, is that that's on TV right now. I that, got it. It's on on TV, and then you have the college game. You got the NFL draft coming up. I don't know. Fairly recently, uh, fairly recently. Oh my god! And oh my we're, god! Oh my we're god, oh my saturated god. right now. Even though we love the game, both on the college and the pro game level, we're all year long. We get football now. I don't think there's room for somebody else, like a legit football football league. That's why I'm thinking the XFL might work. Because they're going to be so, you know, McMahon's going to do something so bizarre, here's, like here's flying the from the B. top rope or whatever the case may be. But I think, don't you think we have enough football now? I think we have enough X's and O's football plays being executed on the field. What there is a market for is for something for people to get behind and care about. And it's not human interest stories. I don't need to see that somebody was stocking groceries and then got their break to go to the XFL. I don't need any of that. Give me something I can relate to. The AAF has been out there now playing. This would have been week eight, I believe. Name me the team name for any one of the ten franchises in the league. Uh, the Steve Spurriers. <laughs> They're seven hey. and one. They, I think. By the end of the – if the season ends, Steve Spurrier has claimed another chance. He's going to get a ring. He's going to get him a ring. He's going to get it out of a bubblegum machine. But my, my point is, is you've got to take – we don't care about seeing football executed on the field. Right. That, uh, we have plenty of that. You have to give me a reason to get behind these teams and care about what's going on on the field. And that has to do with the individuals. What they did – was try to promote the AAF, AAF, AAF. I'm not rooting for the AAF. Right. And I'm not trying to go see and, oh, my gosh, that was a nice football play. No, I have to care about the outcome of that play. They failed to do that miserably in every single market. And even in through the NCAA tournament, which was a CBS product, CBS was a partner with the AAF. What what happened? Give me one minute of programming that was associated with March Madness that had anything to do with pimping the AAF. Nothing. They ran a couple of AAF ads, but nothing. Oh, I just thought of eight teams. <laughs> it's the Arizona Hot Shots. Not anymore. It's the uh, Salt Lake Stallions. The Birmingham Iron. It's the uh, San Antonio Commanders. Yeah, we really don't need to do this. All right. So... 
You know what? It's really the same sad. way they go fleet. The, the, nice. the, the players have to pay for their own plane tickets to go home. Are you real? Yeah, I just read that on oh, God, Twitter. No, I mean, and, and so here's here's the thing: is USA Today has got a report, and, and credit to Trent because he turned me on to this. And I went and did, you know, put my little crack research staff on this. And when I say that, I mean my iPhone. But the rumor amongst lead circles for the AAF is that this was a ruse by Tom Run by Tom Dundon. And that his $250 million investment was really a wolf in sheep's clothing. So the theory is that Tom Dundon wanted to buy a gambling site that incorporated cutting-edge technology. And $70 million, as far as a price tag, seems satisfactory to him. And everybody out there needs to understand that when the announcement came, Dundon, who had bought himself the chairman, is the one that made the decision. Ebersaw, Polian, and everybody else associated with the league was like, no, 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 we want to keep going. And Dundon was like, I've lost enough money. 70 million is enough. But as the chairman, he owns this gambling site. He owns the technology now. Tom Dundon didn't get rich by being a dumb man. You've sung his virtues many times over as to how adept he is as a businessman. This may be the biggest ruse we've ever seen. This may be the greatest business venture ever. Well, we about to find out. We'll examine this a little bit more on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Alright, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. We're about to put a bow on this thing. But before we do, just to give you some information, Albert Breer seems to be the one that broke this. And he has a source inside the AF that said, Dundon got the technology he wanted, and he's now minus one rather large headache. Mm-hmm. The New York Times back in February sung the praises of this of this gambling app that the AAF was uh, developing. says it can provide data in milliseconds and has the technology that would eventually allow in-game betting on play outcomes. Can you imagine how much revenue is out there if uh, you give us the ability to bet on plays at live speed? Oh, uh, dear. I mean, he, 70 million sounds like a song, brother. He's going to sell this to the NFL, NBA, PGA, NHL. Major I don't think League he's going to sell it to anybody. No, I think no, no. he's going to build the platform. Well, exactly. No, but they're going to have to buy in. They're going to use this. I mean, they don't have to buy in. They don't have to be partners in his gambling venture. FanDuel doesn't give oh, a cut yeah. to the NFL. Okay. Yeah, no, true. You know what I mean? Fantasy Kings. Did, did. Well, it's like <clears throat> this is the same guy that sold really cheap <laughs> bunch of jerk T-shirts. For yeah, like, right? 
You said you called me. You're like, this is the best business move I've ever seen in my life. It's like a hundred dollars a piece, <laughs> and then they're sold out in five minutes. The t-shirts $35. are like thirty-five dollars, thirty-two dollars. In fact, I got one. Well, no, because you're a season ticket holder, so you get twenty percent off. Oh, okay, <laughs> they're thirty-five in real. What people. a bargain! Most, what a bargain! This is the most. The same guy that sold the most sheer t-shirt. You can like. <laughs> It's the worst T-shirt ever. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put it in a frame and bring it in here. I'll never wear it because you'll be able to see all my bits. Well, just out of curiosity, how much sheer. did you pay for the Whalers uh, trucker cap? Oh, it's not that bad. You talking about like 15, 16? Okay, no uh, 15, no 16. Way. Are you no kidding way. me? It had to have been 27, 28 bucks. Nah. Oh, come on. I'll bet you money it was 28 bucks. I'm looking it up He's right now. He's looking it up right now. I'll look it up. All right. Keep talking. So, uh, the AAF, long live the AAF. My story is always going to be that Johnny Menzel killed the AAF. Yeah. And that was signing a week later. It's over. He killed the AAF. But the Dunman thing, it, it, I know how hard Charlie Ebersaw and Bill Polian were pitching this. And I'm sure when they got in front of Dundon, they threw everything out there. And if Dundon walks out of this with this technology and parlays this into a billion-dollar industry, I I don't even know what to say, dude. I don't even know what to say. Maybe it's all just, you know, the AAF trying to paint him in a bad light because, you know, he pulled the plug. But, you know, here's the bottom line. If he pulled the plug after having lost $70 million and he walks away and is $70 million short, it's hard to, you know, how, how much good money are you going to throw after bad? You know what I mean? Anybody that goes out and get gets Marasnik, and who else? Who's the other? McKinney. It's not McKinney. Mahinney, whatever his name is. Yeah, the goalie. Yeah, if they get I those, can't pronounce his last name. If he gets name. both of those to play like. They freaking, used to play? Yeah. Then he can do anything. Like he's he's either really lucky or smarter than everybody else in the room. Well, so. if you're both, you're dangerous. All right, so big ball game coming up tonight. Golden State hosts the Nuggets. This is probably well, not probably, but quite possibly for home court advantage in the Western Conference playoffs. And for those of you that aren't paying attention, the Western Conference playoffs are set. In terms of who's making the playoffs, um, at this point, and last week we ran through all of this trend in depth. But basically, you've got Golden State and Denver vying for the one or the two, Portland and Houston vying for the three or the four, <coughs> Utah and LA vying for five and six, and then San Antonio and OKC vying for seven and eight. And they've You've all got clinched. four pairs of teams that have got enough separation that unless something crazy happens, that's how your seedings are going to be. It's just going to be how it's going to be flipped around. So I'm going to tell you, if I'm Golden State, the only thing I don't want in the opening round is to have to go play OKC. And I know I've been on the OKC train. They've been up and down. I get it. But there is nobody else at the bottom of this that can even push them. San Antonio can't take a game from Golden State. The Clippers couldn't take a game from Golden State. OKC can really make them work in round one. Um, and it may end up being a one win, you know, one game that they steal from them. It might be two. It may just be that they push them to the brink four times. I don't know. But of all the teams in this, that's got to be the one team Golden State doesn't want any part of. Um, 
Houston. Yeah, you almost need to, like, in the Western Conference, go to, like, a reseeding. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you win the most games, you know, I think Denver and Golden State are a, a game behind. A game away. Well, and they're playing tonight. If Denver so wins Denver tonight, wins they're, tonight tied. they're tied. And you're so going to come right down to the wire. So, I mean, I know how close it is, but, like, if you win the Western, shouldn't you, like, get a bye or something like that? <laughs> you know what I mean? No. So, here's the thing that OKC, I don't think, wants to play Golden State. They can make Absolutely a good not. run. So, what's going to happen, ultimately... Is Denver's going to end up with the one, and OKC is going to end up with the seven, and it's going to be Golden State and OKC no matter what. That, it, it may break that way, oh. but no, OKC absolutely doesn't want any part of Golden State oh. in round one. OKC would like to think, whether it's possible or not, that they can get warmed up, get on a roll, win a, win a series early, and have some momentum going in. I don't know, OKC. I'm, I'm still going to ride with them all the way through until they they're eliminated. They need to jump to the sixth seed. That's not going to happen. I mean, it's almost a mathematical impossibility Dang. at this point. Um, Utah and the Clippers are there. They're going to go down to the wire for that for the five and the six. Portland, kudos to the Blazers. You had to think when Nurkic destroyed his leg the other day that – they were on their way down into the fifth seed. I was here preaching all last week. You know, it was like a rock dropped into a pond that they were going to sink as far as the seventh seed. But they've won every game but one since he's been yes. out. And they're eight and two over the last a ten. A couple of games. Um, Houston is seven and three. Both those teams pretty hot right now. They're in a dead heat for the third seed, um, and it's a big deal. Because the loser of these two teams is probably going to draw Utah in the first round. And that's not anything anybody wants. You, your your drop-off from Utah to the Clippers is enormous. Kudos for the Clippers for actually making the playoffs. And Steve Ballmer made it clear, we are not going to tank. Doc Rivers, this may be the best coaching job yeah. Doc Rivers has ever done. And I'm not a big Doc fan, but this is a great, great job by him. Um, we talked last week a little bit about short, the short list for – Potential coaches of the year. And it's funny that the conversation we were having earlier about coaches having the best talent, Mike Budenholzer is a guy that's getting a lot of run up in Milwaukee right now for coach of the year. Are you kidding me? Really? When you look at what Nate McMillan's done in Indianapolis with those Indiana Pacers without Oladipo, how can you possibly – we even got Tyler Hansborough and Danny Granger in studio with us today just in honor of Nate McMillan. But McMillan, Doc Rivers, the jobs that those two guys have done relative to what Budenholzer's done rolling out the basketball for Giannis and his guys, come on, man. That's ridiculous. Is there anybody else that ought to be in this conversation, Trent? Uh, no, I mean – Mike Malone in Denver, perhaps – I'm just looking at Spolstra in Miami has done a good job keeping them. If they get into the playoffs with that squad, I'm I'm very surprised. I mean, they're number one in their conference. They're number they're the number eight seed right now. They are the eight. They're they're up on up a half game on Orlando, and I've I've said this before. The rest of the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee in particular, because they're in the one seed comfortably, has got to be hoping Miami gets in. They they I'm certain would want to play Miami as opposed to Orlando. Orlando's playing good basketball. 
Miami is not a schlub team. I mean, uh, they were down by 18 last night and came back to tie the Celtics. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a prediction. If things hold, and Brooklyn does not end up in the eight seed, if Brooklyn ends up seventh or sixth, Brooklyn's gonna push either Toronto or Philly to the brink. I would not be surprised if they get up to the sixth spot and draw Philly in the first round. I think Brooklyn can beat them. Who's Brooklyn's coach? Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Well, then Jay-Z should be part of the conversation for coach of the year. I'm looking at Clippers. I mean, Brooklyn. Right now. Who would have, everybody thought Brooklyn was going to be a top three pick. Absolutely. I don't. And mean, D'Angelo Russell showed none of the us. Lakers – that showed that the Lakers just blew it. Nobody would have thought at this table that Brooklyn would be potentially the sixth seed no. and knocking out the Sixers in the first round. I mean, no, talking about coach of the year, correct. I know Chris can answer this, but like looking at the Clippers roster right now, who is their is it the Clippers roster? Yeah, God, oh, I know. Can I name all Gallinari? the Clippers on their? T- yeah, go, go ahead, go for it. Okay, besides the guy you just said, who did you just say? Gallinari. And other than that, I have no idea. That's, that's funny. Zero. Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, um, Shy Gilgis Alligator. And you know what that was? That was all of Houston's pieces, right? <laughs> Beverly and uh, Lou Williams, right? Yes. To get Chris Paul. Yes. Yeah, I mean. That's why Harden but it's is not the MVP. And I, like I said, absolute Kudos and you to Doc like, Rivers. You don't like Doc, dude. Do I don't like Doc. I think we, what you were saying about Phil Jackson earlier, well, all he did was roll the balls out. Doc Rivers made his legacy in coaching on the backs of Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Rondo. I mean, come on. Other than that, Doc Rivers has never been any good as a coach until this year. I mean, Doc Rivers was supposed to be the final piece of to put the Clippers over the top with that Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan team, and they regressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, no, never been a Doc Rivers fan. This year, I'm up on that train, brother. The job that they've done out there, and, and the other piece of that, pe- people at home may not realize, the Clippers owe a first-round pick to Boston. Mm-hmm. If they made the playoffs it. this year, that it. pick conveys. Wow. Had they missed the playoffs – that pick did not convey and becomes a second rounder next year. They're giving up a one to make the playoffs. And Steve Ballmer, the owner out there, was like, we will not tank. This organization's going to make the playoffs. Oh, that's that guy that sits on the front row in the end zone? Yeah, he's the guy from Microsoft. Yeah, who's oh, yeah. like the richest owner in pro sports. Wow. Um, Ballmer is going to buy a winner out there in L.A. He's setting the tone. I thought it's all, oh, it's just smoke and mirrors. It's talk. There's no way. They're going to go ahead and tank, miss the playoffs. No. They want to be the franchise in L.A. They're trying to work a deal right now to move the Clippers out of Staples Staples and back to the Forum. That would be yeah. awesome. And the Lakers are fighting tooth and nail to keep it from <clears throat> happening. I think uh... Ballmer does not want to be the second franchise in L.A. He wants to be the big dog on the block. He's got more money than – he's got what – did I, what did I send you? He's 13 and a half times richer than Mark Cuban. Yeah. And Mark Cuban's super rich. Yeah. Ballmer's ridiculous. Joe Sy, who owns the Brooklyn Nets right now – in fact, I was just reading about him the other day. Joe Sy was one of the founders of Alibaba.com when, when you know, internet marketplaces were a big deal. He's worth $7 billion. Cool. 
That's about you know eight times less than what Balmer's got. Balmer's got money like nobody's got money. Where do they find these coaches? I think Kenny Atkinson or McMillan should win Coach of the Year. Unfortunately, just like the MVP, it doesn't work like that. You think Budenholzer's going to get it? You know where Nate McMillan went to college? No, he played for the Sonics, though, right? Where did McMillan go to college? NC State. Is he a state guy? I didn't even know. Did know. Good guys, good stuff. Chilling like Nate McMillan. This guy, though, Kenny Atkinson, the coach of Brooklyn, he went to the University of Richmond. A spider. He Here's led the spider. spiders to the Sweet 16 berth in 1988. I remember them being upset? in the Sweet 16. The number one or two seed IU to get there. Looky there. Looky there. Looky there. Appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll see you next week. Chris, Brandon, Trent from the Cheap Seats. Love you guys. Peace. You're listening to Chris Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.